And so the emphasis this morning is on the making of the new wine, on the ground that he, we have surrendered, that he is plowing. And I wonder as we sing this again, if you'll begin to ask the Lord, out of the crushing, out of the pressing, what is the new wine? Where are the buds of hope? Where is He speaking life into your circumstances, into our corporate circumstances? So Etienne, could we sing that again? And could we have that as our focus, the, the new wine, the new freedom, the new liberty that He is bringing? Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Make me a vessel. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring
for your presence Lord. just where you stand wherever you are where you seated today just let's just acknowledge the Lord's presence together because where there's unity God commands his blessing and though there may be fewer of us today we we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses All of heaven's congregation is here right now. Yes. You inhabit our praises, Lord.
trust that you are well and that this time around things are, are working well in your life and that the Lord, you are experiencing him every single day. I want to just encourage you this morning as we continue on our identity series. Pastor Louis has been sharing in these previous weeks about who we are in Christ and how God has made us to be. And so as we wrap up our series this morning, I would like to wrap it up with the message, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. And in this time, we would like to look at what is this purpose? What is it that we are called to do as Christians in this world? What is it that God wants us 
to be doing? Why doesn't he just, you know, take us to heaven after we say Jesus is Lord of our lives, but we still remain here? And so this morning we would like to unpack that whole part about our purpose, our purpose in Christ, our purpose here on earth as believers. And so I would like to encourage you as we open the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 10, and then we're going to skip to verse 19 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, and then we're going to go into verse 19 to 22. Let us read together. I'll be reading it from the NIV version. This is what it says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. Verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast and go, ha, 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 that's just me who did it all by myself. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that your word is truth, your word is life, but your word also tells us who we are, who you say we are, who we should be, in this world. And Father, this morning, as we unpack your word, we ask you, Lord Jesus, speak into our hearts, highlight things, Lord, that we may have missed, our blind spots, Father. Help us, Lord, to understand why we've received your grace and the fact that, Lord, we don't want to just do our own thing. We want to be led by you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as I've mentioned earlier, we are wrapping up on our series of identity and the last chapter or the last title for the message of this morning is, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Why is it so important to have a purpose? Because purpose gives you the reason why 
you are here, why you exist. Purpose gives us a, a drive to pursue something that is perhaps even bigger than our, ourselves. And so purpose is so important, and God has given us purpose as believers. As believers in Christ Jesus, we have a purpose. And this morning, I want to unpack a few things around this purpose because it helps us to have perspective, isn't it? We have perspective to know what is our role. If we come together and we want to pursue something or we want to go somewhere, we want to know how we're going to get there, what are, what, are, what are the roles we need to play in order to get there. Each of us in this world has a purpose. And God has designed this purpose to be an inclusive one. He's, he's not choosing a few people in the body of Christ to be able to be responsible for this purpose. All of us who are the children of God, who are, who are called by his name, all of us, we are called to live out the purposes of God. Whether you are a mom, stay-at-home mom, whether you are a, a businessman, whether you're a nurse, a teacher, whether you're a, a, a casual employee, whatever that you are, whatever that you do, you have a role. And we're going to unpack this today. I would like to perhaps start off by saying that with the scripture that we just read now earlier, it's, it's a book of Ephesians and it speaks a lot about you know, the role of the church and who we are and how we are supposed to live out a life that is full of purpose. But it also highlights the fact that when we live this life and we do it, we must not do it so that we can try and please God, so that we can try and do it in our own strength. We want to be led by the Lord. And we want God to be the one who leads us. We want God to be the one who takes us on this journey and that we don't end up feeling like you know, we are achieving all these things in our strength. We always need to acknowledge the presence of the Lord in our lives. We always need to acknowledge the wisdom of God in our lives. It is by grace you have been saved. It continues to say twice in those verses, because it's only by grace that we are saved, not by might, not by power, not by, by, by works, not because we did something. It's God, his love and mercy towards us. And from there, we want to live a life that, that, that shows that we've been saved by grace. We, we want to live a life that is worthy of the call that God has upon us. And so this morning, I would like to just highlight four main key things from this portion of scripture. And this portion of scripture, it encompasses a lot of other scriptures in the Bible about God's purpose and his desire for us. You see, you have a purpose on earth maybe where you feel, I can do certain things well, I can achieve certain things well, I can do it and I can, I can get a success out of this, I can enjoy it or I can see a progress in these things. Those things are true and those things are great. But collectively, what are we called to be? Who are we called to be? And even individually in our own spaces where we work, where we do life, how do we live out this call? The call that God has for us, that we are to be the salt, that we are to be the light, that we are to be the difference in this world, that we are to reach out to others in love and kindness and mercy and compassion, all those things those things are the purpose that God has called us here 
four. So here's my four main things that I would like to highlight for you today. I have a purpose, you have a purpose, but the first thing is this. God has called us to be members of his family. God has called us to be members of his family. Now, why is it so important that God calls us to be part of his family, part of something uh, that, that comes together to build towards something else? And I think it's important that throughout history in the Bible, we, we read the fact that God desires, he longs as God to have a family. And so we are his people and 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 when we come and we 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 call upon the name of the lord we saying god we we accept your invitation you accept that we belong to you we accept to be part of your family god has called us to be part of his family why is god longing so much or desire so much to have a family it's always been his intention to have all of us as part of his family all peoples um, all across culture, race, gender, everyone is included. And God desires that those that even call by his name, that they would know that they belong to him. And even those that do not call by his name, that they would know that he longs for them, that they can become part of his family. God has called us to be part of his family. Why? Because family gives us identity. This is very important. When you belong to a family, you have identity. You get your name, you know who you are, you know uh, uh, what your role is. All those key things of, 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 of affirming you to know who you are, they give you a sense of belonging. So you have identity and you have a belonging and there you get your purpose. You get to go out and to do great things, to make a difference because you have identity, you belong, and you have a purpose. That's why family exists. That's why family is so important. And this morning, I would like to just highlight something for you. I got this, um, I asked my kids this <sighs> last night, I think, I asked my kids if they can please uh, help me. I, I'm thinking of something that I would like to use from their toy rack. And so they lended me their uh, Lego, and their uh, Duplo Lego, and, and I, uh, I got these pieces together. And I was just thinking how when you look at these pieces, uh, these Lego pieces, when they stand by themselves like this, they're just like a, a piece. But something happens when it starts to come together, when you start to build um, something with, with these different pieces. And you may, they may seem like you know, they are just abstract pieces, but they, they, all, they all start to do something. They all start to, to build something. And I was just thinking, how individually we hold a certain value as, as people, as individuals. We hold certain value before God and, and in this world. But something happens when, when we are able to, to build something together. Something happens when we are able to pull something together and, and it looks like something you know, that, that, that you can use, something that you can do, you can do something with it. And 
This is exactly what happens when we come together as the body of Christ. The Bible speaks about the body of Christ, the army of, of the Lord, and, and, and all those, those, those metaphors, all those, those things, they express uh, just how God sees the church and how the church is so important and how the church has a purpose as a collective. And so we come together and, and, and we, can, we can be something that, that, that can be used, something that can be of, of value. And I would like to encourage you this morning. When you are part of God's family, you have an identity. When you are part of God's family, you belong. When you, have, when you are part of God's family, you have a purpose. And you are not just an abstract piece, but you are part of something big. You are part of something significant. And alone, it's great, you know, to be a person. But in a, in a family, man, it's awesome. In a family, you, you, you go out and you, you become even far more than just when you're on your own. And so in a family, we, we belong, we have an identity, and we have a purpose. So God has called us. That's part of our purpose. God has called us to become or to be part of his family. The second thing I would like to highlight, God has called us to be a model of his character, to be a model of his character. You see, when we are believers, not only do we belong to a family of God, but also we are called to be a model of his character, how we conduct ourselves. Jesus, when he was about to leave his disciples, he says, um, you know, they will know the you, Lord, by, by, by how they love each other. When, when we love one another as, as Christians, as, as brethren, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, when we love one another, God is displayed. His love is displayed, and he can be able to touch and impact other people. And so this is so important because when we model this character of God, others see it and they get attracted to it. But also character speaks about how we conduct our lives, how we live every single day. Uh, when we, when, we, when we, we walk away from things that are not in line with God's word, when we Things like lying or like, like uh, you know, taking bribes or, or, or things that, that have to do with stealing, you know, things, things that are not in line with God's word. When we, when we speak things and they are, they are wrong things and we, we curse other people, these things are not the things that are in line with God's word. And so we are called to model God's character to the world. And, and this character, it's so important when we model it because others can see the Lord when we choose what is right. A dad by the name of Tepo went and he went to the shops with his son and he went to buy a couple of things in the shop and afterwards he was on the queue and at the queue he paid for everything and he drove back home, went back home after he got home, he unpacked everything, and his son, who was four years old, said to him, Daddy, look, I have a chocolate. And the dad thought, where did you get that chocolate from? <laughs> says, no, I took it there by the shop because I saw you taking things and putting them in a trolley. So I thought I must also take my own chocolate. 
And the dad realized right then and then <laughs> he, didn't pay, he didn't pay for this chocolate at the shop, you know. And so um, to pass on a principle of character, the dad had to drive back with his son to the shop and to pay for this chocolate. And when he drove back, bought the chocolate and said sorry to the shop and bought the chocolate, drove back to with his son, his son said, but dad, why did you have to go back? Because it was only one chocolate. And the dad said to him, son, that chocolate doesn't belong to you until you pay for it. It's only the right thing to do when you take something and you pay for it, especially in the shop. And so this was a principle that Tepo could pass on to his son and pass on the principle of honesty, of integrity, because if he allowed his son to take the chocolate, later his son would think to take even other bigger things, but he had to address that principle right there and then. And so we are taught in the word of God that we are to apply and to display the character and to model God's character to the world around us. That we don't go around and do our own things, but we go around and we live a life that is full of the character of God. And this is so important for us because we don't just go ahead and live as we please. We live to please the Lord. We live our lives unto the Lord, not for ourselves. And so we are part of God's family, called to be that, but we are also called to model a character that displays who God is, that models to the world who God is. The third thing I would like to highlight from this portion of scripture about purpose is this. God has called us to be ministers of his grace. God has called us to be ministers of his grace. Why are we called to do that? It's so di difficult, you know, we're thinking, oh, I, I just minister God's grace, how do I even do that? You see, God's intention when we minister his grace in the world, his grace meaning that we have uh, gifts, we have, we have talents, we have capabilities, skills that God has given us. These skills, not all of us are called to be pastors or to work at a church, but all of us have a, a, a place, uh, like, a, like a domain, a place where we, we live and we do life every single day. There, it's that place where God has called you to minister his grace. And there is where God wants you to minister his grace. God wants you to be there so that you can make a difference where you find yourself. Are you a teacher? That's where you are supposed to minister his grace. Are you a nurse? Are you, are you a construct worker? Wherever you find. Are you at the gym? <laughs> are you at the shops? Are you at the till? Everywhere you are, you are called as God's purpose on you to minister his grace. There is a, a, a doctor in South Africa, her name is Ntabiseng Lehwede. And Ntabiseng is a, is a doctor in, in Alexander. I, I, I got her story around 2017, 2016. And 
I've been following parts of, of her story, and it's just so encouraging um, to see somebody who is like, like that, who's a, a, a medical doctor that decided to go and start uh, this quality health clinic, and she started to make a difference in the community's lives, and people started to come there because they found a place where quality health can be provided for them without too much expense. And, and when Ntaibi saying if you follow her story, you will find out that it's because her uncle died unnecessarily because he couldn't get to proper health care, and she felt that she needed to do something about it. And she goes on and she starts this clinic that caters for people that are in the community, and they go out and they make such a big difference in that community. People can come in and, you know, they, 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 they minimize on, on cues. They, they give people full health checks for a very, very minimal amount of money. And this helps the community to get one of the best, some of the best health care they can get. They couldn't, they couldn't even get it in, in other facilities like, like, you know, at the, at the normal clinic. They could, they could get it at this clinic where Ntaibi Seng has started her clinic to do it. Why am I, am I telling you the story? It's because that clinic, by the time that um, she had developed around four at that time, she had already targeted to do about 800,000 people a year. 800,000 people could come in and pay a minimal amount of 250, get health checks, ultrasound, and everything else, and yet she could continue to make a difference in that community. Later, when she was asked, why are you doing it for so less? Why, how could you sustain this? Why would you continue doing something like this? She said these words, I am making a difference in people's lives. I am making a difference in people's lives. And to all the people that come to that clinic, their lives are touched, their lives are changed. Now, maybe that's not your call, maybe that's not my call, but the Bible encourages us and it tells us through the story of David that David served the Lord in his generation. What are you, what are you doing to serve the Lord in your generation? I wanna encourage you, where you work, that's the place where you are supposed to serve the Lord in your generation and give God the best, whatever that you put your hands on. Do it to your level best. Colossians chapter 3 tells us, whatever we do, we must do it with all our strength as unto the Lord and not for men. And so she's making a difference. You can make a difference where you are. The question is, Maybe you don't know where to start. You don't know where to go. I would like to encourage you. Ask the Lord to show you where you are, right where you are. We don't need sometimes to look for things that are far off. Just what's there in front of us. It's exactly what we need to make a difference. So God called us to be part of his family, to give us identity, belonging, and purpose. God called us to model his character to show others how to live the life that Jesus led in this, in this world. And the third point was exactly this. God has called us to minister his grace to others. You can make a difference in your context, in your world. Continue to hear from the Lord 
what the next step is, what he has for you, how you are to serve him in your generation, and how, how you can be part of what God is doing in our context, in a context that says that our lives are not just for Sunday in the morning at the church. Our lives, on Sunday we come only once a week to church, but the whole week we live out there and we can minister God's grace right where we go, right where we live. That's where I would like to encourage you. The fourth thing I would like to include this morning is this. God has called us to be messengers of his love. God has called us to be messengers of his love. And I want to encourage you that as you understand what the messenger is of his love, it's somebody who goes and he, they, they share their lives and their testimonies about who Jesus is. And, and they share their, their lives about who God is and what he has done for them. And we are called that we can be able to, to go out and, and show others how to live a life that is worthy of, of, of the call of sharing with others about Jesus and going out and making a difference in other people's lives. Some time ago, I had a, a, a blockage in my, in my drain at, at home, and I had to go and get a, a plumber. But it was late that night, and um, there was a plumber that I knew that um, was staying about a couple of kilometers away from my house. He didn't have a car, so I went to fetch him. And when I got there, I asked him if he could please come and just help me. But then he said, no, uh, can I just please also get my friend? Then it can be the two of us. Then we can make it quick and unblock, and unblock the drain. So then I went, and I fetched him, and we went, we went home. And when we got home, um, they unblocked and they were busy trying to unblock the drain. It took a bit of a while. And eventually, um, one of the, the friends um, that, 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 that was there with him, he said, listen, I, I'm, I'm getting a call from home now. I just want to quickly take a call. He took a call and the guy, after he dropped the phone, he said, listen, I am so sorry. I think we can't continue to work because I need to go back home now. In uh, Mel Mafias, there is a, an issue uh, my kid is sick, is really throwing up, and I cannot continue to be here. I need to go back home now. And right there, I felt the Lord saying that I must drive with, I must drive with him and take him back home because it was quite late at night, almost curfew time at that at that time, around half past nine or so. And right there, I I drove with him. When we got to his house, the child was very sick, really sick, and. Um, I felt just God's presence and I felt his compassion for, for this couple that, that, that had a sick child. And I said, I said to him, listen, the child doesn't look good. Let's, let's take a child to the hospital. This doesn't look good at all. And I mean, the child had just this shallow breathing, just like, just this shallow breathing. And you could feel that, you know, the child is running out of breath, literally. And we got in, they got in the car with the child, the mom and the dad, and then I drove to the hospital with them. And as I was driving, I mean, I'm looking at the time, it's, that time was like half past nine, curfew, it's 10 o'clock, you know, <laughs> problems are about to begin just now. And, um, but I felt the Lord saying, I must, I must do it, and I was driving. And as I was driving, I sensed the Lord saying to me that I must pray for the child. 
And so I asked the dad, um, I said to him, um, you know, Shadrach, tell me, can I, is it fine if I, if I pray for your, for your son? And he said, yes. And I said, what is your son's name? And he told me his son's name. And I said, can I pray for him? And he said, yes. And I prayed for his son. And as I prayed, I felt the Lord saying, I must pray. I must pray in the spirit. I must pray in tongues. And I started to pray for this for this boy, and I started to pray, and I said, Lord, I pray, and I trust you to touch him and to heal him, and as we were driving to hospital, I'm praying the whole time, the parents are quiet in the car, and um, I finished praying, we got at the hospital, and they could take them right in front of the row, and they could assist the child, I left them there at the hospital, the next morning, Shadrach told me that the child was about to be discharged. They found that the child had completely uh, dehydrated and there was nothing that you know, uh, uh, Shadrach and his wife could do to help the child. The child was very dehydrated. They had to put the child on a drip. And I was so moved by, by that whole story because I was just thinking that, you know, just uh, it's as if like, you know, my drain got blocked in the middle of the night just so they can go and get this guy to go to hospital, you know. And it just felt like God really loved that, that, that family so much that he would cause that to, to happen, that he would even choose me staying so far from them to just come around and to assist. And so the story is to highlight the fact that every single day, you and I have the opportunity to be the messengers of God's love. Right there, Shadrach and his wife and his son, they had an encounter with something about the Lord. And you can do the same. You can, you can be finding yourself in a place where God wants to use you. Allow him. Don't be scared. Step out in faith and say, God, use me today. I don't want to put any restrictions on you. I want to be led by you. Every single day, I believe we have opportunities to be messengers of his love. The first thing I would like to highlight is this. It's that not only are we supposed to just be messengers of his love, but also we are called to be magnifiers of his name. We magnify God's name. In all that we do, we magnify his name. We, we come and we say, Lord, lead us as we glorify your name, as we lift your name on high, Lord. We ask of you, come, Lord Jesus, that you would lead us, that you would help us, Father, as we worship you, as we magnify you in all that we get, in all that we do, we magnify your name. You see, in this world, you either worship God or you worship something else. You cannot say, I don't worship anything. You either worship God or you worship something else. Even if you don't worship nothing, you're still worshiping something. And so we are called by God to magnify his name. We are called by God to show him, to show his goodness to the world around us, to come in and to ask God and say, Lord, help us to be in a place where we can magnify your name. We can glorify your name. We can lift your name where it needs to be. And not only do it when we are at the church, we magnify his name by the way we live, by, what this, by the decisions we make, by the lives we touch every single day. And so the whole process is this. 
is that we follow God and we live according to how Jesus lived so that the world can come to know him, so that the world can be under him, can be discipled by him. And so we follow what Jesus did and how he lived. We desire to be like him so that we can magnify his name. And so this day, I would like to encourage you, continue to be full of God's purpose. You are called to be in God's family. You are called to model his character. You are called to be a messenger of his love. You are called to also be in a place where you can minister his grace. You are also called to magnify his name. And so that purpose, may it stay with you. May it be a place where you can lift up and go through God's purpose, knowing you are doing what he has called you to do. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, give it your best in the name of the Lord. Where you do life, that is where God has called you to be. And may he bless you, may he keep you as you walk with him and as you are led by that purpose in Jesus' name.